Welcome to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. I have Rick Vasquez. He is the general manager and uh, just all around great American at Active Crisis Consulting. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure. You came highly recommended from a very good buddy of mine. Uh, Rick, give us some background. I know that you're a nationally and internationally recognized firearms expert over 40 years uh, with the federal government and experience in a broad spectrum. So give us some background on yourself, and then I want to move into some of the questions I have set up for you today. Great. I had a 21-year career in the Marines did a variety of things, served in Desert Storm, served on security duty, uh, was a distinguished shooter, firearms instructor, uh, builder of firearms. And my final year in the Marine Corps, I was posted at the American Embassy in Moscow, Russia. When I left there, I went to work for Diplomatic Security. It was a perfect fit. I was a firearms instructor and trained uh, special agents that protect uh, the embassies in, in uh, how to shoot and different types of tactics, security procedures. And then I left there, went to work for ATF, uh, which was a, a great fit for me. I was a firearms enforcement officer, uh, and I went up to the uh, position of branch chief of the firearms technology branch, literally traveled around the world. I had experiences such as shooting all the machine guns in, in, in Bosnia that was used to uh, massacre the civilians and collecting the brass to bring back for evidence. I worked in Haiti. Central America, South America, Mexico, uh, all over the United States. And I took an early retirement from the government to, uh, to start a career in, in firearms and firearms training. And uh, I've been a consultant for four years. I do security consulting. Uh, I do firearms uh, classification. And also I teach how to use firearms and, and, and how to shoot in, in many different arenas. Well, talk to me. And about, that's kind of it in a quick nutshell. If I may, talk I'm to sorry. me about the, the training process, the standard operating procedures for um, oh subjects like um, entry access control, trauma, things of that nature. Absolutely. I hate to bring up the subject we all don't like to talk about, shootings in schools, churches, or, or, or anywhere. But one of the things that I sit down with a, with a group of special agents and, and special uh, forces types and myself, and we looked at what everybody is, is teaching. And we looked at this with an approach from a civilian looking outward, not a military person or, or a professional agent looking inward. And we decided to put together programs based on the assets that we have. And the assets are the teachers and, and they're nurturers. They're not gunfighters. So we put standard operating procedures together on all areas, like access to control. Everybody wants to either seal off a school, have one entry. But when you look at that, now you've created a perfect target 
where somebody could run off, run over all the students in one location. So that that's not a common sense approach. You have to have access control where you can regulate the flow of personnel, regulate what you're looking at, but also increase the safety of these personnel. And then trauma. We teach a lot of first aid in, in schools and churches, how to put a Band-Aid on. But who can put a, a, a tourniquet on? Who can stop the bleeding from a massive gunshot wound? And that's the approach we want to take. We want to show people how to put together a trauma kit. So they're stationed around the school or the church or the theater or a corporate office. And if there's a, a massive injury, you could save many of these people's lives by just stopping the bleeding because reactionary time of ambulance and law enforcement, unfortunately, uh, depends on the location to the facility. It could be five minutes or it could be 45 minutes. And let's say a person is shot in a major artery in their leg or their arm. And if you put a tourniquet on it, and these tourniquets, and, and nowadays you can put them on with one hand and zip them tight and you save some person's life. So we're looking at entry access control, providing procedures, giving the actual classes, bringing people in. And, and one of our, our biggest approaches is uh, implementing a community watch program. Take parents and bring them out, get them to volunteer, and just watch the outside of a school. Who is the most invested in any of these things? The parent. They're his children. I, I so agree. those are some of the things that we're looking at. Now, you also have a community watch doctrine um, that uh, you're getting the parents involved and uh, in overwatch of the schools. Bring that out. It, it works in neighborhoods. I, I live in a very uh, quiet uh, suburban neighborhood. Everybody has a certain amount of acreage in it. And we have a community watch program and everybody knows who comes in and out. And everybody knows what car belongs to a neighbor. Well, let's say a school has just 2,500 students from ninth grade to 12th grade. That's potentially uh, uh, 5,000 parents, potentially, you know, depending on how many single parents there are or, 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 or not. And if we got these parents to volunteer, showed them how to patrol, and I don't mean like a combat patrol, I mean just a surveillance patrol, and they surveyed the area. What is one of the biggest deterrents to any type of crime it is, is a person. So if people pull up in a vehicle and they have a, a criminal intent or violent intent, and there's parents patrolling the school area, and they have a phone or a radio, and, and I'm not getting into arming these people. That's a decision that the school district has to make. But if they do, then we can train them how to use those firearms. Now, what about the students' involvement? You know, I am so glad you said students. You know, we, you have to have a, an intelligence element. And I hate to use that term because uh, we don't want people spying on each other. But there's so many times that children are really going through a hard time in their life. But no one wants to tell on each other. So there has to be an opportunity where if a child sees another child in duress or he's making statements that he can go to an adult uh, in private and then that adult can go address the child that's having problems in private and hopefully resolve some of these issues. The, the, the young man in, in Florida 
I mean, he was reaching out screaming when you see all the different issues he had for somebody to give him some attention. And you get the students involved and you talk to them in an adult manner and an adult situation and you get them to bring this information to an adult, then you could resolve a lot of issues. You could resolve issues that you don't even know about to benefit a child. Now, you also work in corporate security. Yes. This is kind of how it got started, Michael. I do I do civil litigation to help uh, gun shops and, and gun dealers who get in trouble. And uh, your good friend, Jared, and I were discussing this. And he said, you know, we need to, we need to take this wide. We need to talk to corporate offices. And, and there's always a, I hate to use the term, a liability issue. But there's employees in every environment. It doesn't matter what it is that are unhappy. And you have people that are closed in a building. Modern windows don't open. A lot of times you don't even have a rear access door. So if you have a hostile shooter uh, or a hostile person with a knife inside a corporate facility, they could do all kinds of havoc prior to somebody being able to stop them. So we could do the same exact thing for corporate offices, come in and do some training. One of the things I discussed when I talked to people, I said, when was the last time you opened your windows? And generally people look at me like I have three eyes. No one opens their windows. We have 24 seven air conditioning or forced heat. Well, how are you gonna create an escape plan if you don't know how to exit any available exit? And one of those exits is windows, back doors. Do the windows break? Can they open? Where can you hide? Do you, can you develop a safe haven, a safe spot where everybody can run to until the police show up. So those are the types of things that we can offer corporate security or corporate enterprises. Now, there's other people in your industry sector, but why would somebody choose to work with you versus anybody else? I put together a team, a phenomenal team. And on our website, we only have four personnel. It's, and I'll run their names off. Scott Thomason, former diplomatic security agent and former ATF agent. Uh, Robert Clowers, uh, former ATF agent and commander in the Navy. Uh, Harry Pinati, uh, ATF uh, resident attache in Mexico and Central America, worldwide experience in security. So we put together a common sense approach. We And, and like I said, we also have special forces guys that will come in and, and assist us. But we looked at it, and I said, you have to look at the assets that you have. And the assets that we have are teachers or executives and so you have to start your training on that level and look at it from the inside out we're looking what they know now and what they need to provide a safe area for either the students or for the employees at, at their uh, corporate facility now you have goals in place i want to know what they are whether it's you're involving schools or churches or corporations that you work with Tell us about them. Our goals are to be multidimensional. We want to definitely uh, work with schools and churches because I believe right now those are the weakest links. Those people are being targeted for absolutely no reason. And, and we would come in and help them set up a process that will mitigate risks that are already there. 
uh, I asked a person, I, I put together a, just a one through seven bullets for uh, a church and I didn't charge them anything because they didn't have any money. It was a small church that was really scared. And I, and I just put it together for them. And, and I asked them things like, who welcomes people into your church? How many lanes are there on the road going into your church? What's the closest facility to you? How can you exit the back door? How can you secure the front door? And, and these are the people that are running the church, and they could not answer those questions. So when you think about it, what what are the, uh, the, the people coming to church? They come in the front door, they go through a church sermon, and then they walk right out the front door and never notice anything else. And same with the schools. That's what we want to bring to the schools. And the same principle, just in a kind of a different environment, environment for the corporate world. Brilliant. All right, Rick, thanks for being a guest on today's show. I hope to hear more from you. We can even talk about some case studies as we get uh, further along in this topic, because I'm sure you've got some stories about how you came into an organization, what they were, and what they ended up being when it comes to utilizing your talent and your team's talent. Thanks for being a guest on today's show. I'd like to leave it with just one thing, if you don't mind. Please. The Any type of electronic security will tell the police who was there. But until the police come, you're on your own to defend yourself. So do not rely on electronic security. You have to have the hu human element. Well, and thank you very much, Mike. You're welcome. Well said. All right. Thanks for watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.